بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده و نسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ today is the 5th of February in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah it's also the 14th blessed day of the month of Rajab so we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he blesses us in our months of Rajab and Sha'aban and conveys safely to the holy month of Ramadan Amen. and we're now beginning the commentary of the blessed Surah Al-Hajj so before going into the verses there's a few reports so the first is a report from Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu and the report mentions so this is recorded in Behaki Hakim Ad-Dur Al-Mandur and Hayat Al-Sahaba volume 4 page 764 so Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu he said Surah Al-Baqarah Surah An-Nisa, Surah Ma'ida, Surah Hajj, and Surah Nur must be learnt because they contain the Faraid. So here in this report, Amir al-Mu'minin, Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu, he mentioned uh, five particular surahs. And he said, you need to be well acquainted with them because the commands are within these surahs. Surah Baqarah, which is the second surah, Surah Nisa, the fourth, Surah Maida, the fifth, Surah Hajj, which we are now going through, uh, Surah 22, and the next surah, Surah Nur, they contain the commands. So Amir Mu'mineen, he said, you must learn these, meaning you don't really have a choice. Imam Sayyuti, he said in his work, Asrar Tantib Al-Qur'an, Secrets within the order of the Quran, and he mentioned on page 164 of the English translation the manner in which Surah Hajj is connected to the previous Surah Anbiya is that Surah Al Anbiya concludes with the mention of the hour, and then he mentions the verse Surah Anbiya, verse 97, where he talks about the day of resurrection. And then he says, and Surah Hajj begins immediately with the hour. And he recited the first few verses. So Imam Sayyuti, he's mentioning this, the link between the various surahs. And he goes, the link apparently between the previous surah and this surah is that it's talking about the hour. So this surah has peculiarities. So it mentions... In Ma'rif al-Qur'an, volume 6, page 241 of the English translation. Mufi Shafi, he said, The commentators differ on whether this surah is Makkan or Madani. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he expressed two views on different occasions. However, a majority of commentators believe that the surah is a combination of both the Makkan and Madani verses. And Qurtubi prefers this view. So the first thing mentioned in Ma'rif al-Qur'an with regards to this surah is that the majority of scholars state that this surah was revealed partially in Makkah and partially in Al-Madina. Imam Qurtubi then goes on to mention the other peculiarities of this surah. And he mentions 
that some of its verses were revealed at night and some during the day. Some were revealed during travel and some when the Prophet was not traveling. Some were revealed in Makkah and others in Al-Madinah. Some were revealed in the middle of a battle and others in peacetime. Some verses of the Surah are Nasikh, i.e. abrogated, and some are Mansukh, which have been abrogated. Some are Muhkam, whilst others are Mudashabih, unclear. Indeed, this Surah comprises all categories of revelations. SubhanAllah. So here, both Imam Qurtabi and also Mufti Shafi mentions that this Surah contains all categories of revelation. Allah Ta'ala has honored it with everything. A combination of both. So note, first revealed in Makkah and Medina. Secondly, night and day. Thirdly, traveling and also resident. Fourthly, battle in peacetime. Fifthly, some verses have been abrogated, some have been abrog- uh, the opposite. Some verses are clear, others are unclear. So Allah Ta'ala has done this deliberately, i.e. to honor this, this blessed surah. Also a further honor, in Abu Dawood, Imam Ahmad in his Musnad and Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, Khalid ibn Ma'dan, Rahmatullah alayhi, he relates that our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu alayhi wa Surah Al-Hajj has been favored over the rest of the Quran with two frustrations. Surah Al-Hajj has been favored over the rest of the Quran with two frustrations. So it's the only surah of the Quran in which two prostrations are found. And our beloved messenger mentioned this himself. So note again, unique, another unique honor given to this surah. In Behaki and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abu al-Jahm, rahmatullahi he relates, Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu, he did the two prostrations of surah al-Hajj when he was in al-Jabiyah. And he said, this surah has been favored with two prostrations. So now there's a fiki point. Some ulama said yes, and some ulama said no. And they respond to these reports by mentioning there's a weakness within them. However, looking critically at the reports, they are authentic if you combine them. So whatever the case, two sudats are clearly indicated in this blessed surah. Uh, two sujuds. The other thing which is unique about this surah, it is the only surah which is named after one of the pillars of Islam. There is no surah Tawheed or surah Shahada. There is no surah Salat. There is no surah Ramadan. There is no surah Zakat. But there is a surah Hajj. So another unique quality of this surah. And what does that highlight? It highlights the Hajj is something very dear. Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So not even before going into the commentary of the surah, you realize this is a unique surah. Allah Ta'ala has uh, honored it above others. So turning to the verses. So the first verse, O mankind, fear your Lord, for the convulsion of the hour will be a thing immense. So there's a few things pointed out here. So first, there's a report. So this is recorded in Sahih Bukhari, 
Sayyih Muslim and Nasai. Our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, on the day of resurrection, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, O Adam, alayhi salatu wasalam, Adam alayhi salatu wasalam replies, Labbaik ya Rabb, wasaddaik, at your service, I am here, O Lord. Then a loud call will say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders you to take from amongst your children a portion for the fire. Adam alayhi salatu salam will ask, O oh my Lord, who are the portion for the fire? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, out of each 1,000, take out 999. Then the Prophet recited the second verse of Surah Hajj, the translation. The day you shall see it, every mother giving sukkul shall forget her sukling babe. And every pregnant female shall drop her load. You will see mankind in a drunken state, yet not drunk, but dreadful will be the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the Prophet mentioned this, sallallahu alayhi wa the companions, the people became so distressed that their faces changed. Upon this, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, from Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj, 999 will be taken out and only one from you Muslims will be, and then he mentioned an example, he goes, you Muslims will be like a black hair on the side of a white ox or a white hair on the side of a black ox. And I hope that you alone will be one quarter of the people of paradise. Upon hearing this, we said, Allahu Akbar. Then he said, I hope that you people will be one third of the people of paradise. We said, Allahu Akbar. Then he said, I hope that you will be one half of the people of paradise. And we said, Allahu Akbar. So this is the flawless report, famous report recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. So Adam alayhi salatu wasalam, he's told that basically 99 plus percent of your children will go to hell. So when the companions heard this, obviously, you know, what's the odds for us going into paradise then? So they grieved. But then the Prophet them, he gave clarification. He goes, the majority of them are from Ya'ajuj, Ma'ajuj. One will be from your. And then he explained, he goes, if you liken the people going into hell like a black ox or a white ox, you're like that white or black hair on the side of it, meaning you are special. Allah Ta'ala has, you know, given you special treatment, special honor. And eventually he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, half of the people of paradise will be from my own. This is one report. In another report, other details are added. In Nasai, Tirmidhi, Hassan Sahih, Ahmad in his Musnad, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, Imran Ibn Hussein, Radiyallahu Ilalaits, the Holy Prophet decided the first two verses of Surah Hajj. He then explained, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Do you know what the day is? That is the day when Adam Alayhi Salatu Wasallam will be called. And then he mentioned exactly the same in the previous report. His companions were filled with despair and they stopped smiling. When he saw this, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Be of good cheer and strive hard. 
For by the one in whose hand is the soul of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you will be counted with two creations who are also of immense numbers. Ya ajuj and ma'ajuj and those who have already died of the progeny of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam of the previous ummats and the progeny of Iblis. The stop in the report. So this adds details. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasalam said the number is true. 999 out of a thousand. But then he said would other three categories form the majority. Ya ajuj and ma'ajuj. Those who've died from the previous ummats, I maybe who didn't get you know uh, the message or they were tampered message, etc. And the fourth, the third is the progeny of Iblis. Then the Prophet uh, the Hadith says they felt happier. And then he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, strive hard and be of good cheer. For by the one who holds in his hand the soul of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in comparison to the rest of mankind, you are like a mole. On the flank of a camel or a mark on the foreleg of a beast. So now, who are these other categories? Before moving on, there's another category as well. So this narration is in Tirmidhi, Hassan Sahih, Ahmad in his Musnad, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir. The Prophet seeing their depression, he said, The number will be taken from the time of Jahiliyyah before the advent of Islam. And the scholars point out of all the Prophets. And if that is not enough, it will also be made from the hypocrites. Then he said, I hope that you alone will be a quarter of the people of paradise. They said, Allahu Akbar. Then he said, I hope you alone will be a third of the people of paradise. They said, Allahu Akbar. Then he said, I hope you'll be a half of the people of paradise. They said, Allahu Akbar. The narrator said, I don't know if he said two thirds or not. So now let's combine what the prophets mentioned in these authentic reports. So 999 out of a thousand. So on the face of it, we're in deep trouble. But the prophets highlighted that there's another four categories who form the majority of the people of hell. So this answers the question. You know, people always ask questions why are there so many of the Ajuj and Majuj? They'll be tumbling over each other. You won't be able to fight them. Alhamdulillah, you say, you idiot. And he goes, what do you mean Alhamdulillah? Because they're going to be choked into the fire. They'll have a ransom. More than many. He goes, oh yes, mashallah. The second are those who rejected the message from the previous ummahs. Or did, didn't get the message. And Allah knows what that means in terms of maybe they are deserving of the fire. And then the children of shaitan. Massive numbers, the Hadith says. They will also form. And the hypocrites. <laughs> so these will form the bulk. And the Sahaba responded with a relief. You know, that proverbial sigh of relief. Allahu Akbar. But then the Prophet said in the reports combined, definitely half of the people of paradise are from us. So there's 124,000 ummats. The 123,999 have to slog it out for the half of paradise. We share half by ourselves. But in another report in Dirmadi, we take up two-thirds of paradise. So they will have to fight over a third. So no immense honor given to us by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is commentary of these two verses. Uh, this is why I've mentioned the, uh, the reports here. 
So there's another thing which is mentioned here. So Allah talks about the Day of Judgment in these verses. But Shaykh Maududi Rahmatullah he clarifies in his commentary of the Quran, the seal of the Quran, volume 15, page 50, in Surah Al-Haqqa, he states, at some places in the Quran, the three stages of resurrection will occur one after the other, having been mentioned separately. And at other, all three have been combined as mentioned as a single event. So what is the Shaykh mentioning? He's basically saying that in some parts of the Holy Quran, Allah Ta'ala talks about the three stages of resurrection or the three blowings of the horn to make it easier. He talks about it and he mentions them separately. So he talks about the first blowing of the horn separately, the second and the third. But in other parts of the Quran, Allah Ta'ala talks about it as one. In one. For example, he says, in Surah 16, verse 87, the first blowing of the horn has been mentioned when everyone will be suddenly struck with terror. At that time, they will witness the general confusion and the upsetting of the order of the universe. Also described in Surah Hajj, Surah 22, verse 2, Surah Yasin, Surah 36, verse 49 to 50, Surah Taqweer, Surah 81, verse 1 to 6. So, Shaykh Maududi, he's saying that in these particular verses which he mentions, only the first blowing is mentioned. Then he says, in Surah Az-Zumr, Surah 39, verse 67 to 70, mention has been made of the second and third blowing of the horn. On the second blowing, everyone will fall down dead. When it is blown for the third time, all the dead will raise to life and present themselves. So this is another. So the second and third blowing is now mentioned in Surah Zumar. Then the Shaykh said, in Surah Taha, Surah 20, verse 102 to 112, Surah Anbiya, Surah 21, verse 101 to 3, Surah Yasin, Surah 36, verse 51 to 3, and Surah Qaf, Surah 50, verse 20 to 2. Only the third sounding of the horn has been mentioned. Then the Shaykh said, Here in Surah 69 verse 13 and at other places in the Quran, all the events of resurrection from the blowing of the first horn till the people's entry into paradise and hell have been described as a single event. So what the Shaykh is basically highlighting is you might think there's contradictions, but they're not. You have to distinguish if Allah the last put the uh, the day of judgment, he's talking it, talking about it as a whole, or he's separating it. And the Quran mentions various different phases, and he gave the relevant verses there. So now, if you look at the first verse, Allah Taala says, "Inna zalzalatasaati shayun azim." The convulsion of the hour will be a thing terrible. The tether will only be for those who rebel and disobey. The righteous will not suffer from it, but on the contrary, will be greeted by the angels with happiness. So, going back to the previous surah, surah 21, verse 103, Allah Ta'ala mentions clearly 
And also in Surah Al-Zalzalah, Surah 99. So in the famous Surah Al-Zalzalah, Surah 99, verse 1 and 2, there's a few details which are worth mentioning. So Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, He says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, إِذَا زُلْزِلَةِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا When the earth is shaken in its convulsion, وَأَخْرَجَتِ الْأَرْضُ أَثْقَالَهَا And the earth throws up its burdens. So what is this in reference to? So there's a report in Ma'riful Qur'an, volume 8, page 856 of the English translation. So the Shaykh, he mentioned the first verse, when the earth will tremble with his quick, he then says, Mufti Shafi, it is not clear whether this earthquake refers to the convulsion that will take place in the world before the first blowing of the horn, as is mentioned in connection with the portents of the Day of Judgment, or it refers to the quake that will occur after the second blowing, when the dead bodies will be resurrected and thrown out of their graves. So stop in the court. So Mufti Shafi, he says, he says that Allah says, when the earth will be trembled with its quake, Is this talking about the first blowing when the earth is going to shake? Or is it talking about the second blowing when the earth shakes by throwing out the dead? The Sheikh then said, Narratives and views of the commentators differ on this. It is not inconceivable that many quakes and convulsions will occur. First before the first blowing and second after the second blowing at the time of raising the dead. Here it probably refers to the second quake and the context supports it because the surah later on describes the scenes of the Day of Judgment such as reckoning, weighing, evaluation of deeds and recompense. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. This is in Tafsir Mazhri. So Mufti Shafi, he says, what apparently is more favored here in verse 1 of Surah 99 is talking about the second blowing where the people come out of the graves because if you look further on, It talks about the things which happen on the day of judgment. Verse 2, Allah Ta'ala says, And the earth will bring forth its burdens. In Sayyid Muslim, Abu Hurairah, The earth will throw out the pieces of its liver contents. Gold and silver will come out like columns. A murderer will come and say, I kill for this. The one who broke the ties of kinship will say, For this I severed the ties of kinship. The thief will say, For this I got my hands amputated. Then they will leave it there, and no one will take anything from it. So the day of judgment, Allah says, When the earth throws out its burdens, so either referring to the dead coming out, but also the Prophet clearly said, The treasures. So why are the treasures of gold and silver being thrown out onto the surface? So that the people who committed the huge crimes in accumulating it 
will see it. <laughs> and they'll start condemning themselves because for this worthless thing, we did this. And they leave it. Why? Because what currency, what use is that currency? One scholar says, just like you walk past pebbles. You know, why do you pick pebbles? With this? On the day of judgment, gold and silver has no value. So Allah Ta'ala is mentioning this here, indicating the severity i.e. of that day. So when Allah Ta'ala mentions here, O mankind, fear your Lord, for the convulsion of the hour will be a thing terrible. That also adds uh, uh, priceless details. And then the other thing just to add, in the second verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, the day you see it, every mother giving sukkle shall forget her suckling babe, and every pregnant female shall drop her load. You will see mankind in a drunken state, but not drunk, but dreadful, will be the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is obviously clearly in reference to the blowing of the first horn. And it clear, and look how graphic Allah Ta'ala is mentioning that mothers will abandon their children. I think about that. Will a mother ever abandon her suckling child? It's, it's hardly even feasible in the mind. They die for that. But on that, when they see that they will abandon their suckling children, the pregnant women will abort. So that's how severe that, that time would be. And Allah Ta'ala then says, it's like they are drunk. But they're not drunk. So look at how graphic Allah Ta'ala makes the scenario. And also in another passage of the Quran, Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Muzammah, there's another very graphic description mentioned. Sorry, in Surah Mudathir, I think the verse is. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he mentions that on that day, children will become grey-haired. Mm. On that day, children will become grey-haired. Mm. So Allah ta'ala is mentioning that even the children, when they witness the hour, their hair will turn grey. Mm. So Allah ta'ala is mentioning that this is something awful that will take place. And he's specifically referring to the reaction of the human beings. So now, should we worry about this? And the answer is not really. Because the Prophet famously said, that Qiyamah will not strike until there is not a single person who says Allah, Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there'll be no Muslims. Then Qiyamah will strike. So then the question is, well, what about the children? Well, the children, obviously, they are masu. However, they are there. So Allah Ta'ala mentions that they will also suffer. But of course, Allah Ta'ala will give them paradise by His kindness and mercy. So on the side of us, we will come. Brother Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Raheem Ya Ayyuhanna Suttaku Rabbakum Inna Zalzalata Sa'ati Shay'un Azeem يَوْمَ تَرَوْنَهَا تَذْهَلُ كُلُّ مُرْدِعَةٍ عَمَّا أَرْدَعَتْ وَتَدَعُوا كُلُّ ذَاتِ حَمْلٍ حَمْلَهَا وَتَرَى النَّاسَ سُقَارًا وَمَا هُمْ بِسُقَارًا 
We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Quran the Rabbi of our hearts. We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently uttered. <laughs> Wasmi hak, wasmi sabr, sallallahu alaihi wasallam.